0: Hello. Hey Matt.
1: He- he- hello. It's another
0: table chat. Hey,
1: you he- doing like hello. a little rap? Are
0: you doing uh, a little rap? Yeah, it's more of a more
1: of a uh, rhythm and blues. <laughs> yes. Uh the rhythm and blues. Yeah. yeah. Hey Good. church. This past hey, Sunday, church. third it was the third Sunday of Easter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I preached the seventh Sunday of Corona Tide. Thank
0: you, I'm Ben. Keeping track of that as well.
1: Keep time market. We talked about uh holiness. Yeah, and uh, we talked about the fact that holiness is not a command as much as it's an identity. So Mm -hmm. when whenever you see "be holy," think of it less as a rule to follow and more as a identity to realize. Be yourself. Be who you are. Well, it is. It is sort of God's version of um, you know, be yourself.
0: Like the, you know, the be your authentic self.
1: Yeah, be your authentic self. <laughs> well, your authentic self in Christ is holy. So that's right. I I uh, actually didn't get a chance to say this much on Sunday. But I want to do. I want to, to spend some time at some point, going through why why do we misunderstand holiness, uh, in that way? And I think it is tied then to how we understand, Old Testament sacrificial system. Wow. I think we think of holiness as a mm. guilt-innocence category. Like if you're innocent, you're holy, and if
0: you're guilty, you're unholy. It, it's like moral performance. Yes. It's like, did you do a good thing? Did you do a good job at being a nice or good person? Then you're holy. If you lie or cheat or steal, you're doing a bad job. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Kind of a mor- moral, yeah.
1: And I'm not sure how many people in our church would be interested in this, but I would like to talk through, I'd like to have a class sometime. I like what's going on in the old Testament sacrificial system and what, mm. what is going on and what isn't. And how do we, yeah. how does that make sense of then how Jesus is a sacrifice? What does that entail? What does that mean? And, yeah. and how is he the fulfillment or culmination of sacrifices?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, is he just uh better than a lamb? Well, yes, yeah. but why? And, and what we're, what were sacrifices doing? So there's just so much, I think, yeah. I'm learning so much that I was, I've been so confused for so long and yeah. I would want to just start having a conversation, maybe sharing what I'm learning. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking about today.
0: Yeah. Well then, I mean, that's intriguing because I, I think I'm probably like you and a lot of other people where I grew up thinking that the, the Old Testament sacrifice system was a mechanism by which... God could forgive the sins of His people because the, like, the animal was killed, like, instead of the person being killed. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. And so you're saying all- you're it's saying all- that
0: there's more to it than that, or that's I'm not saying, right.
1: I'm saying like only one of the sacrifices in the Old Testament mm-hmm. um, is actually dealing with sin.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we we kind of. I mean, I grew up thinking this that. The sacrifices were there to appease a god who needed appeasement. If, yeah. we, if we sinned, something has to die.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. at all what's going on.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, that's not all that's going on. There's. It's actually uh, here. So I'll just give a sneak peek.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know if you can. We can press. You know, stop until you give us a sneak peek.
1: Just a sneak peek would be. There seems to be categories of clean and unclean. And whole, so that's so. There's clean things and unclean things, right. and then there's common mm-hmm. and holy. Yeah, but do you, there's there's okay. So there, so there's those those categories in the sacrificial system, and uh, rather than God being a bloodthirsty person who needs to kill something as a substitute for somebody else who should be who should get killed. Mm-hmm. Blood, Hebrews thought of, and all ancient cultures actually thought of blood as a life force. Yeah, and so life is in the blood. When you would slaughter an animal, and you would smear the blood everywhere, mm-hmm. you were actually covering up the corruption of like uncleanliness and common like clothing, flesh items mm. yeah. with a life force. Mm. So. So the blood became kind of a insulator hmm. between holy and common because um, it's not that God, it's not that God is so morally perfect that if you come into contact with a morally perfect thing, you'll get, um, you know, he'll zap you because of your sin, but rather like uh, God's treated as like this, um, like he's dangerous for humans to be close to God. You see this all through scripture where, you know, people touch the Ark of the Covenant and they die um, and and other examples. And so blood served as kind of a hazmat suit. Like God's like a nuclear reactor and you have to like, you have to protect yourself when you come into his presence because not because he's going to smite you because of sin, but because divine can't come into contact with common or human without something happening. Right. Hmm. Yeah, Um, Which is so Ben, this is why the incarnation is so important. Yeah, because in Christ the divine and the human uh, become one, and yes. so then, and so then Jesus then uh, he he touches everything and everything becomes clean. Not only do you mm-hmm. not die, but you get healed or risen from the dead, and mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, like in First Peter, like I didn't get a chance to talk about this really on Sunday, but this is why holiness is tied to us being a temple like you're mm-hmm. the place of god's presence mm-hmm. the priesthood you know a kingdom of priests we're all ministering yeah. in god's presence so all of this is tied into what's what's actually like i guess one of the things i've like on to pack 2 in this class sorry i'm rambling <laughs> I, I wasn't even planning to talk about this but like <laughs> uh, is is that um there's like a science or a physics uh-huh. it's like a physical there are assumptions about reality and physics and science in ancient near Eastern thought that show up in the sacrificial system that are mm-hmm. so foreign to how we think that we completely yeah. miss it. Yeah. We just miss it. Yeah, totally. Um, And so like, I'm just learning like, okay, this is, there was a calculus. There was a science behind why you had to wash and sacrifice and mm-hmm. burn and why smoke was, so smoke was important, and blood was important, and fire was important, and why all these yeah. things were important. What, yeah. what do they think they were doing?
0: So anyway. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant, man. That's great. I'll come well, to the class. Yeah, I think it's really helpful. I think it, it, uh, it also brings home the point again, and we say this a lot, uh, but it's worth saying again, that the atonement then, what Jesus accomplished in his incarnation, his, his crucifixion, his resurrection, was not a problem within God. It wasn't that God couldn't get over being so mad at sin and he needed to like, he needed some sort of, perp- it wasn't a problem with God. It was a problem with us. That was what Christ was overcoming on the cross and in the resurrection. Yeah. It was a problem in humanity. He was healing us. He was he, he was healing something that was corrupt in us, not something that was wrong in God. That That shift has been one of the most fundamental theological shifts for me in the last, I don't know, 20 years. That has been so helpful, not just for my like theological understanding or just you know for how I read the Bible, but also just for my prayer life. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to pray to a God who had to like go through a a bunch of rigmarole just to stop being mad at me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but I want to pray to a God who went through hell and back in order to heal humanity. Like, that's a God worth my, you know, worship, and and that's a God that I actually. It was like, oh, uh, this God actually loves me. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. And so then, and so then, the Old Testament sacrifice is all about uh, how how to be in contact with something that's dangerous. Um, yeah. How to be in contact? How how to be in contact as a human with something that's as powerful as a divine. Hmm. And, you know, a metaphor a friend of mine uses is: How do you? How are you close to radioactive material, which yeah. is super powerful, but you have to be careful with it, or it'll kill you. Right. But if you're careful with it, you can use it for an endless source
0: of energy. Powering, yeah,
1: powering. Right? Things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and so there's just hmm. all things to unpack. You know what? Um, yeah. And and then and then like law codes are the way that cultures carry their values, and so. The laws of the Old Testament are about how, how, does, how, is, how, are, how are clean and unclean understood? And why is it wrong to assume that they're moral categories? How is mm. common and holy understood? And why is it wrong to think of them in moral categories? How does ancient cultures like the Code of Hammurabi and other law codes, how are they doing way more for those cultures than just naming laws? They're like carrying cultural values and communicating mm-hmm. a story but we just see them as rules and we miss the story. So all this I think has led to a profound misunderstanding about what, what God wants. What does God want? (laughs) Yeah. What does he want?
0: Right? Yeah. And what was the deal, you know, in morning prayer right now, we're reading through um, the old Testament. Uh, We're up to where are we at numbers? Um, We're getting into Deuteronomy and there's, you know, there's all kinds of crazy little laws in there. There's, you know, we just read through last week, read through all the rules and the law. See, I'm even calling them rules, but like all the things that Aaron and his sons needed to do to like set up the priesthood and Levi, the yeah. tribe of Levi and all this stuff. And, you know, we read through it and it does seem sort of arcane and like, you know, what was this all about? So I think yes. that would be really helpful for my own Bible reading.
1: Well, I'm not sure who would be interested. Let us know. Next time you <laughs> see me. us, just say, hey, I'm interested or not. I, yeah. I Part of me always wants to like create a – or my own resource. Cause it's when, like part, it's hard to hold this stuff in your head, Ben. Mm. It's hard for me. It's like, I learn about yeah. it and then yeah. I get it. And then like, and then it, and then I'm when it, next time I read, I read like something about the sacrifice official system or without yeah. blood, there's no forgiveness of sins, you know, Hebrews, mm-hmm. all these kind of, I like, I, I, I miss it. I forget it. And yeah. so I really want to be able to begin to understand and read the scripture. Yeah. Without just like, you know, thrusting
0: bad theology on it. Totally. So anyway, that's totally. what I'm thinking about. These right. days. Well, cool. Uh, I guess, uh, that's probably enough for today. Church be holy as God is holy, but, um, we're learning how to hear that as good news. Yes. Be, be the person that uh, be be the community, be the people of God, set apart. Because that's yeah. who you are.
1: Yeah, can I can I can I remind everybody? sure. three moves. Holiness is an identity more than yeah. a command. Holiness okay. is freedom, not a morality prison. Hmm. And holiness is a social reality of love, not a personal, pietistic
0: commitment. All right. So it's about community, it's about freedom, and it's about identity. I can get on board. Yeah. All right. Amen. Amen.